Test one, two, test one, two. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Welcome to the show. It's The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve, all of Brewski. Another exciting podcast. It's a Nick Reynolds promise and guarantee. I like that you always welcome me to the show. I do appreciate that. Dude, I want everyone to feel welcome. Uh, yeah, we welcome everybody to this program. Eh, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> but yes. I mean, we could single anybody out, but, uh, you know, the vast majority of you are welcome to the show. Yeah. Find us on the uh, the interweb, thevocalminority.net. Find us on the socials. Uh, Thread being our latest by now. Oh, you think so? It's already there? I think so. I think by the time people are hearing this on Friday. I know. Sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yes. That was what? creepy. What was that? <laughs> what do you mean? Welcome to the show. <laughs> I mean, it's the old oh. man river. He's welcoming you to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Yeah, those are fine. Welcome to the show, first people. creepy guy you played. Welcome to the show. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> oh, I like that a whole bunch, dude. That sounds like the Pope or somebody <laughs> like, with a crotchy old finger pointing at Welcome to the show. We need, we need Paul Stanley singing Welcome to the Show. Yes. Blessed my ears. So. All right. Well, All right. welcome to the program. That's the point we're trying to make here. Uh, see our webpage, thevocalminority.net. All our socials are there. And, uh, yeah, communicate with us, please. Yeah. Molest my ears. I, I have a list going of alternate oh. names for the show, so I'm going to put that on there. Molest my ears is yeah. on the list. <laughs> it is now. Oh. I like that. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh, stop playing, that. <laughs> that. dude! Like... Don't tell me to stop playing anything. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. actually want me to stop? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Okay. Can, can we call the show Wet Paper? Mm. Ooh, dude, mm. that was last week of the episode, and I cringed all the way through Bruski's description of a wet ass gasket hanging from his body. I will tell you, I got to that point in last week's show when I was out driving around. It was just like, pause here. Welcome to the show. It was just stuck there, and I had to like peel oh. it off in like pieces. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> that's good stuff. Yeah. So here's the thing. I came across this list. It says, I don't know if we'll get to all of them or not, but 21 things that men secretly fantasize about but won't say out loud. It's a secret. Right. Now, of course, my immediate thought was, oh, these are going to be 21 sexual fantasies. But uh, no, it's actually not about that. It's about other things that men fantasize about. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they are embarrassed to talk about. Huh. Really? So that was my query of like, well, what are these things? Do do any of us fantasize about them? And would they be embarrassing to say or should they not be? Uh, I know it usually goes without being said, but do I have your full commitment to be honest? (laughs) Yeah. Bruce, give me the other name of the show. Well, of course. Steve's full commitment to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I would expect nothing less. Yeah, me either. Okay. So let's be honest and let's get into the list. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, who is that? (laughs) Don't worry about it, dude. Ernest Borgnine? (laughs) (laughs) Ernest Borgnine. All right. That's all I can think of. All right. The first one on the list, just to debunk if you thought these were all going to be crazy sexual things, uh, a really good hug. Do you guys fantasize about getting a really good hug? The man they asked here, he says, uh, I, I can't tell you how many girls I've chosen to pursue based entirely on their hugging abilities. 
It's an indicator of affection that I need. Uh, this is what I will say. I don't fantasize about a hug, but sometimes I crave a hug. And I definitely know people who are better huggers than others that I step away from. And I'm like, he's a good hugger. or She's a good hugger. Mm-hmm. Brewski, mm-hmm. do you fantasize about a good hug? I don't fantasize about it, but can we say you fantasize about certain people, certain females giving you a hug? Well, not if it's getting sexual, no. When you when you get the hugs and you can kind of like move the arms so you get a little side boob on your arms and everything. I think um, you're <laughs> envisioning this wrong. Like, do you uh, uh, fantasize just about a regular old hug from your dad, from your mom, from anybody that you wish that you could have a hug from? Do you fantasize about it? Not fantasize. That, that sounds so... Sexual? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I agree. Do, yeah. do, I, do, do I wish that there were that I could get a hug from my mom? Uh, right now uh, yeah. yeah absolutely I, I sure do yeah you know I, I would give anything to to have that that feeling again absolutely so you crave a hug you don't fantasize that's how i feel steven well let's broaden the term fantasize just a little for this yeah discussion on this list but um uh yeah i, I do crave good hugs but i do feel that there's something uh, you know not masculine about saying like i need a hug mm. and that's probably wrong right because i would think so yeah guys need uh-huh. hugs too Everybody needs a hug, dude. I mean, uh, that's the one thing unilaterally that, I mean, without words, lets you know if you're hugging the right person, like, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. There have been many times of late when I first see Dottie, I just I just want to hug. Like, save all the other stuff for later. Just a yeah. tough day, a rough week, whatever it is. So, yeah, but there just theme, there's some inherent societal, like, weakness with that. Needing Shouldn't be. No, exactly. Do you hug your dad? Yeah, yeah. Do you kiss your dad? No. no. Uh, when my when I up till like maybe twelve or thirteen, my dad used to like give me a kiss on the cheek and stuff, and I always thought it was weird. Yeah. And uh, I recall going for a kiss for him once and getting the cheek and thinking like, oh, am I not supposed to be kissing a man? Like I was like, you know, eight or nine or something. Sure. Bruski, you're the same. You wouldn't kiss your dad. No, as a matter of fact, my dad in my entire life that I can remember, and sometimes you know it might have happened when I was a child, like a toddler or something like that. And you don't remember a lot of that stuff, but yeah. I can safely say that I've never once received a kiss from my dad. A hug. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Been a, you know, uh, the first time I came out of major surgery in, in the hospital bed, uh, my, my dad gave me a big hug, you know? Right. I got a kiss from my, my grandfather. Up until I was like seven or so, he'd give you a kiss on the cheek, you know, when you were going to sleep for the night, you know? I kissed my dad until the day he died, and I didn't know that that was, I, I don't want to call it a weird thing because I don't think it's weird, but no. uh, I didn't know that every Everybody didn't do that until Rachel told me, like, I don't think a lot of people kiss their dad, like, especially boys kiss their father like that. And, uh, yeah, I just, what are we talking here? Uh, when I was younger, I would kiss him on the lips, uh, you know, as a little kid. And when mm-hmm. I got older, it was either on his cheek or his forehead. Yeah, I don't kiss my kids uh, because you think they might be uncomfortable with it or you are both. It's just has never been a thing. I never, I don't cuddle on the couch with my kids. I don't kiss them. I hug them. I tell them every day, multiple times a day, I love them. Sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe sometimes a little kiss on the top of the head or something if it's, yeah. you know, they're going away or, but you know, like, but no, it's not a real common thing. And I'm a pretty in touch with all that kind of stuff guy. Yeah. Uh, but no, you know, Oh, I would never call it wrong. I just think it's preference of what you grew up with, yeah. you know, um, yeah. 
And if both people are comfortable with it, you know, I think that that's important for some kids may not want to kiss their dad or have their dad kiss them. You know, it may be weird. We have a mutual friend who kisses me on the lips when I leave, you know, from seeing him after, you know, male or female male. Oh, a friend. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's weird. Are we talking about like a really close friend or? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dan Stewart. Really? Oh, wait, yeah. where is he kissing you? On the lips. No, dude. What are you talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah, I'm being no. honest with you. This Look at okay. me. Wait a minute. Wait. The, the, the Marine? Me, the the yeah. old Marine? Yeah. Wow. He kisses you on the I mean, I'm sure it's a peck, but still. you. Oh, yeah. It's not you, sensual, dude. Why? 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 Listen, why? I'm going to be upfront and honest with you. The first time he did it, yeah. I felt uncomfortable. I'm okay? sure he did. Because I had never had, I mean, he's 50, I think he's 52 years old. We're talking about a man here, you know. Uh, And I felt a little uncomfortable with it. And I thought, oh, is this something that I say, like, or just give him the cheek or tell him, like, I'm not real comfortable with it or whatever. The more and more I got to think about it, dude, is, uh, you know, he's, again, somebody who I love like a brother. And I mean, uh, I guess that if that's how he wants to express his how much he cares about me, uh, I guess I'll be okay with it. And I have been ever since. It's not something that I'm like, I can't wait to get a kiss from Dan, you know, but <laughs> almost every time we leave seeing each other, he kisses me. Wow. Yeah. What do you think? You're a good victim is what I think. You're, you're, you're malleable. Well, well, tell me what you would do, dude. Listen, it would be different now. If, <laughs> I mean, if I kissed you before we left because, you know, we, we've had all these years of friendship without that standard, right? What, is he French or what something? What the hell are you like, doing, dude? I mean, right? But if I would have kissed you from when we were 20 when uh-huh. we left uh how would you feel about it i would feel weird and every other time we ever went to say goodbye i would keep a physical distance i'd wave from afar oh, i'd offer a funny, knuckle dude. bump or a, a a handshake from afar like i wouldn't allow you to come in and molest me again if i kept trying would it get to the point where you said something yeah, I'd pepper spray you at some point. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. Well, I mean, I will. I will admit that I, I certainly wouldn't mind if if like Brad Pitt like just kind of grabbed me and gave me like a non consensual you know kiss on the lips and who knows maybe while it was happening I would find consent in it. I don't know, oh. but wasn't this wow. an episode of The Office okay. where Andy was describing to uh, Oscar? Uh, Oscar? Oscar, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was like, I don't know if I'm gay or not, but if Brad Pitt started you know trying to go in for a kiss, I don't think I'd stop him. And Oscar's yeah. like. I think you might be gay. <laughs> hey, you might be. Or at the very least bisexual. Who, who can say no to Brad Pitt? I mean, really. Hey, dude, I'm not here to judge. I mean, I kiss somebody who looks nothing like Brad Pitt, so uh, I'm not I here to judge. The Brad Pitt thing implies that attractiveness is needed, I guess. But, uh, but Stuart's family must have just been very openly affectionate for him to be doing that to male friends in his adult life. You know, oddly enough, I don't see him do it to other people. <laughs> uh, I do see him do it to other people, but not not casual. I mean, this is like I would die for you level friends. 
Okay. Yeah, hey, what the hell? We were all friends back in Seattle. You never tried to kiss me. Well, you Why never not? got close enough, enough, dude. No, hey, listen, you I, never I get work, close enough. I oh, worked really? in a sales department. <laughs> never kissed me. You're right. Yeah, well, you guys got work to do. I mean, it, I didn't I didn't appear at this level of status, you know, quickly. Like, it took me a while to grow this. No, I don't have work to do. I've done it correctly, clearly, if he's gotten the vibe not to kiss me. so All right. Oh. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on with the list, uh, things men fantasize about but are uh, embarrassed to admit. This one's an interesting one. Uh, winning the lottery and disappearing. It's both, not just winning the lottery. If you Ooh. fantasized about just abandoning your life is basically what that means. Yeah, Absolutely. You do? Daily. Wow. You mean your your sister? You never talk to her again. Oh, no, 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 no. Bad. My sister's just like come with road me. and drifting around the country. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'll I, live I, a I, free life. But I think the story implies, right, that you're leaving everything behind, just disappearing. Yes. I fantasy oh. of winning the lottery and then moving away, never to be heard from again, says one. Uh. You don't do that, do you, Brewski? No, no, not that part of it. No. All right. No, I would never do. I think you got problems if you do that. Like you should change your life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you win the lottery, it's probably a good idea to stop talking to everyone you know. Because well, we've heard so many stories about lottery winners that just are miserable because everyone's harassing them constantly. Well, probably, but, but that that's more fantasy based of abandoning your life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've had that no. fantasy a little bit of late in these last few years of divorce and all that, where I'm like, should I just sell everything by Harley and just roam this country? <laughs> you couldn't yeah. do it, dude. I mean, uh, you couldn't well, leave here. everybody. Yeah. No, I couldn't. That's why I haven't done it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one on the list: uh, being pursued actively by a woman. I kind of understand where this is coming from. I mean, the society sets it up where the guy has to make all the moves and ask on the first date and ask for marriage and all this stuff. Like, would you rather the roles be reversed and have women pursuing us? Uh, I, I, it's a turn on for me. I mean, uh, here's the thing, dude. I think all three of us are probably this way. I think we're only attracted to strong women for the most part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want a, little ditzy witsy someone i can push over like i want a strong person and yes i find it a turn on for it to be an equal part like i want to i want you to come after me sometimes yeah i would agree brewski what do you think uh so i don't mind it but i will tell you i had a bad experience with it when i first moved to seattle and the store where i was working one of the sales associates she would come up behind me in my shipping department and grab my package in your shipping now, department is that a euphemism no 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 i worked so i worked in the shipping department of this very high-end real jewelry store she was a sales associate she would come to my area because salespeople would come down to get stuff shipped out for your customers area all the time. is that another euphemism <laughs> i feel like you're on the stand she touched no. the area in the shipping department no she so but she would come downstairs and come into the shipping department and she'd come up and she'd grab my package, and I didn't like it. Now, granted, let's remember, I'm 27 years old. I don't know a lot of women in Seattle, okay? Okay. I, I, could, I could get laid easily from this woman, but I just did not find her attractive in the least. That, so it was really unwanted touching. Sounds a little aggressive, as opposed to her just coming back and being like, hey, Brewski, let's go get a beer tonight. Oh, no, no, no. She, she did that, too. She did that, too. But and was it the uh, aggressive part you didn't like, as opposed to no, just, all of it. I, just all of it? I didn't like her, her in particular, pursuing me. 
But now, now you know what a woman has to go through to say no to these yeah, well, guys was, that she doesn't want around. I went to a manager and said I was going to file an HR complaint. <laughs> you did? Yeah, and he looked at me and he said, Jason, he said, I'm not going to allow you to do that because I don't believe that men can be sexually harassed. Well, that's to wrong. be fair, she was in the shipping department grabbing a package, right? I'm just mean, doing her job. Yeah, yeah, she had a handful of Prusky's, what she had. I love a sausage. She sounded horny, dude. Express yeah, delivery. She was, she was married to a really <laughs> older guy. He wasn't put in the wood tour, so she thought she could get it from me. So right. All packages uh, are delivered in the rear, right? I mean, uh, it yeah. could have been. I suppose I wouldn't have to look at her face. <laughs> Gosh, all right. I will tell you, in my uh, relationship with Dottie that's been going on over six months now, there was a pretty definitive moment where I was just like, I was, I was smitten, and that uh, Nick is well aware of this. Like we had our, I, I think told the story on the show, but we had our second date. First date was good, but I couldn't get a gauge off her, and, you know. So then we had a second date. I'm like, all right, game on. Like now we're both interested. But at the end of the second date, I, 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 I choked. I didn't go in for the kiss. I didn't. I just I let her walk away, and I was just kicking myself. Of like, what did you just do? I remember. Yeah, and then I start driving home, and she texts me, like, did you still want to hang out? Like, do you want to come have a drink? And I was just like, I felt pursued. I felt wanted <laughs> and desired. And, like, you know, all right. the awkwardness went away. I'm like, now we're really on the same page. And she's, you know, a- assertive enough in a good way to say, like, hey, let's still hang out. Like, I wasn't done with you. Like, And that was, right. that was, that was a big moment for me. I was really impressed yeah. by that. So, yeah, so you liked it. To this. Yeah. Yeah, going to this fantasy. All right. Now, being a local celebrity, of course, women are all over me. All, the time. <laughs> yeah. all right. The next one. On the list. I like you laugh at that. <laughs> I know. I just, I just love it. It's minor celebrity, local celebrity. You know, I dig all that stuff. Right. I will say, Dottie told me a story the other day on one of our first few concerts we were at. She said that I was standing at the bar. And uh, a group of women were checking me out, and she wondered if I knew one of the women. Like, if it was this is one of your exes, someone you went on a date with, or whatever. Yeah. I was like, really? They were? They were checking me out? Like, <laughs> I was more intrigued by, really? Women at a bar were looking at me? That's interesting. Yeah. You're- and then I well, said, this- I'm like, well, you know, I'm uh, famous in Tahoe, so, <laughs> you know. She seemed like she had a good response to that. Yes. Yeah, you know, one time we were at the, the Jen and I were at the five point and there were a couple of women at the, at the bar and one of them was kind of pointing at me and I just kind of waved and she said, you know, that woman. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, I might. And Jen looked at her and looked at me and she's like, oh, yeah. Did you bleep her, too? Oh, yeah. Wow. Brought out some uh, sore subjects there. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think it's more of a commentary on my self-esteem that I'm like, wait, what? A woman looked at me and thought I was good. looking. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. By the way, I, ha- I had, so I didn't tell her that, though. Uh, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Next one on the list, a fantasy that men uh, fantasize about but don't want to admit to, reliving their life, starting over, taking different paths, doing a whole different thing with what you've done. Mm, I fantasize about it, and I don't hide it. Well, I was going to say, we've actually talked about this on the show several times. Every time I hear about what other careers offer, I'm always like, yeah, I made the wrong career choices, clearly. <laughs> and so I fantasize about that part of it. I wonder if I should have quit the band or not. That would have been a different life, I think. And right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that's not a shameful thing, though. I think that's probably common. I'm sure women do that, too, right? Oh, I'm sure, dude. I mean, I yeah. think it's human nature. 
right? Yes. To, to wonder what if or, you know, I'm happy where I am now, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. So it doesn't mean you can't dream about like, I wonder what would have happened if I would have done this. I'm sure everybody does that, dude. Well, and there's some implied assumption that things would have been better if you had taken other paths. Yeah, that's not the way I see it. And that's not necessarily true at all. No. (laughs) Your life would be 100 times worse if you had stayed in the band or dated that one woman and married her or whatever it is. Yeah. It's the grass is greener on the other side complex, right? It's the high fidelity complex, dude. Come on. Uh, Here's one that I'm pretty sure is true. It may actually be a core part of the show. Uh, Men fantasize about awesome comebacks. We all fantasize about comebacks to future arguments, and we think about an argument we had five years ago, and we're like, dang it, I should have said this, and I would have stuck it to him. Absolutely. (laughs) You have to admit that sometimes when you're sitting around thinking and you come up with a gem that you're just like, "Foof, I'm saving that bad boy. That is funny, or that is cruel. You know, one like I got that in my back pocket for sure. Absolutely. It's like the Costanza jerk store one. Where he flew all the way to uh, Ohio to try and zing some guy, you know? Yes, because you're driving home thinking about the fight. They go, oh, why didn't I say this or that? Yeah. There are occasions where I come up with one and I'll, like, share it with Nick. Like, you know, should I say this to my person? He's like, oh, that's a good one. Don't say it. <laughs> right? Don't say it out loud, but that's yeah. funny. Yeah, for Half sure. Half the time I end up saying it is the problem. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> Sometimes your uh, ego outweighs your filter I mean, for everybody. I mean, that's just the way it works. I say well, things like that all the time. I don't know if it's my ego as much as my need for good comedy. That's ego, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's your ego. Like, yeah, you could right. lay that good comedy down. You know yeah. it. No, that's fair. Um, here's a sad, pathetic, but probably pretty darn true one. Men fantasize about being loved. This yeah. goes back to the discussion yeah. we had a few shows ago about no one gives crap about Father's Day. Um, right. You know, Chris Rock, I think it is, has a great stand a bit about men are not loved unconditionally. Women love children and pets unconditionally. They don't love men unconditionally. There's a list of conditions, quite frankly. Yeah, right. For your, for your as soon life. as I lose my job, uh, right. no more, no more to love. Yes. Everything's unconditional until you need to fix something or whatever it is. Then there's, yeah, actually, hubby, I need you to do that or I'm going to be pissed off at you. Like, That's a non-negotiable. You know what, though? I will tell you this. I was told a couple of times by my mother who... I'm sure loved me when I was having some problems with my dad that she had to choose between my dad and, and me. She'd choose my dad. Oh, wow. That's a harsh thing to say to your kid. Yeah. Very harsh, dude. <laughs> yeah. I Jason, think... don't make me choose between you two, because if I have to choose between you two, I'm choosing him. Well, listen, I have, I don't know if I've said this to my kids, but I've said it to my, you know, like my wife at the time of, uh, why am I taking your side in this fight? Because they're leaving the house eventually, and you and I are staying together. So <laughs> take your side on this one. Yeah, I was going to say that that is. I mean, I think that there has to be something like that in a marriage that you say, you know what? Hey, when we had our foster kid, we told her straight out when she tried to, like, divide and separate us and play us against each other. Like, this is already a circle. Like, you can't break this. You're on the outside, dude. If you want to get in, you're welcome to come in. You know, Mm -hmm. I think you got to hold fast. But, yeah, harsh thing for a kid to hear. Right. There's a quote in here that is it's sad and it's telling and it's what I was just basically getting at that men want to be loved for themselves, not for what they bring to the relationship. Sure. Yeah, Money, ability to do things, whatever it is. Like, yeah, you know. I feel like uh, I'm obviously getting that from my wife because, uh, well, I don't 
bring much financially to this relationship. I mean, I think she really loves me, guys. I think she does. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. No, kudos to you. So there you go. Hey, dude, um, we all crave love. Is that not true? I mean, we all want to be loved for who we are, and yeah, I, we all crave love. It's what makes the world go round. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I do think there are conditions on most people loving men, not the other way around. So I would love yeah. to be proved wrong someday. But here yeah. I am on relationship seven thousand in my life, so we'll see. so far so good. <laughs> yeah, so far so good with this. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's see the next one, kind of similar. Men fantasize about not having a mortgage, the freedom yeah. of not having to pay your mortgage every month. Yeah. If I could ever make enough money so I could pay off the house, if I didn't have to spend all this money on the mortgage, what else could I be spending it on? My brother paid his house off about uh, ten years ago. Mind you, he lives, I mean, he's very responsible with money. Mind you, though, that he lives in Omaha, and this was like 10, yeah. 15 years ago, so paying off a house is a bit easier than some other markets. Sure. He was like, I can't believe I paid my house off. Why am I still paying property tax? I own the house now. I paid it off. It's supposed to be mine. Why am I still being taxed on this? That's fair. Fair, and it's a big bill in Omaha because of just the way things are laid out there. But you never really get away once you pay yeah, off your house. You never really get away. Right. Don't property taxes fund the like schools and certain things within a city? Sure. Yeah, so but I've already like paid them. No, no, no. You paid for the house. You paid for the physical building. You, you, you know, you're you're paying at that point to live within the community and yeah. be able to to um use the police and the fire department. Why doesn't the guy in the apartment have to pay him? Yeah, I mean, people that own things get burdened with that. And I understand what you're saying, Bruski. Like taxes go to good things, and it's part of our system. Yeah, but I understand what Nick's brother means. Like I've paid off my home, and I still can't. It's not just my land to just be on. Yeah, once you pay your car off, you do. You know, you pay the tax on it one time. I mean, uh, once it's paid, you don't have to pay it again. And I understand. Not that. not not true because, I, as a matter of fact, here in in my city, I actually have to pay excise tax on both of my vehicles. One of which, which is completely paid off, and that's every single year yeah when you buy your tags you live in Massachusetts, though come on yeah when you buy your tags no 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 so i've got my plate and everything nothing to do with the registry of the dmv this money goes straight to the city of malden where i live they send you a bill for it or you do it when you buy your yearly tags i can can grab the bill right now and show it to you yeah you think so do it do it No, I'm kidding, dude. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I'm. Conv- I'm with Nick, though. I'm a little confused. What is this tax? It's called an excise tax, and you pay it every single year on on your vehicle, and you pay it to the city, and the, that money goes to um, upkeep the roads. And, and it's and, not a and, line on your registration. This is a separate bill. Completely separate bill. Wow. Whenever I have to renew my regist- my registration, that goes to the DMV. Yeah. But with uh, my excise tax. Uh, that I have to pay every year on both of my vehicles, and that goes straight to the city of Malden. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I've often yeah. rationalized over the years. I've always rented homes. I'm in no position to buy a home. Probably never will be. But I've always said, like, you don't own your home either. Like, you're paying someone for the privilege of living there. You're paying the bank every month. I'm paying the landlord every month. Everyone's paying somebody every month for the privilege of having a roof over your home. And unless you are in the small percentile to pay it off, you don't own your home either. 
Well, I mean, the only benefit, you're right, but the only benefit is is that you hope one day that you've got some equity and you can cash out on it. Oh, of course. Listen, there's huge upsides to being a property homeowner for sure, and you're yeah. in the game where you can sell one property into the other, and I'm constantly renting and can be kicked out, and I don't own anything. But on the other hand, when property taxes are due, no one's asking me. When the roof springs yeah. leak, I don't have to fix the roof. Like, There's pros and cons. Huge. I would much rather be a homeowner, but... You know, huge pros and cons, dude. And I do fantasize sometimes about Rachel and I selling our place and just not having, I mean, owning something is also a commitment of like, I can't, I can't just leave. Like, I got to take care of this, right? There's a little more freedom to be able to go to a different place. Oh, yeah. Now, I experienced home ownership for a very brief snippet of my life, and I, I loved the fact that no one could kick me out, that I could do anything I want to this house, paint anything, fix anything, upgrade right. things. I'm not wasting time and money, so trust me, I get it, and that's where I would love to be someday. But That's right. Uh, the next one on the list, this is a, this is an interesting one. I'm curious if either of you guys have this. Uh, things men fantasize about but are uh, too embarrassed to share that they fantasize about self-bagging skills, that, that you want to be appreciated for how well you can pack a bag. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, this has occurred to you before, huh? Like well, this guy's saying, when I'm in line at, you know, checking out the grocery store, why doesn't somebody compliment me on how well no, I pack this bag? It's, 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 it's okay. It's more, more to do this. So when I was in, in high school, I worked at a local grocery store and they taught, and I was a bagger. I bagged groceries, right? And yeah. now when I, when my groceries get bagged, I'm just like so bothered by how crappy of a job they they do, and they like put two items in and then put a new bag. And I'm like, what are you doing? You can bag it so much better. Yeah, but, I ever offered to bag? Hey, I'll bag my own, please. Yeah, absolutely. I've stepped up and I've said, look, if there's no bagger at the register, I'll just go down there and I'll get the bag out and put my left hand inside the bag. In like bagger stance, I get it. Yeah, yep, I will not. Just, I just will put, fumble at that kiosk, killing enough time until you start bagging my groceries. Not the kiosk. When I shop, they don't have self checkout. They have checkers. Where, no, where I'm I talking about to. when you're checking out. Maybe it's not a kiosk. The 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 pin pad thing. I will sit there and fumble around with that until you people start bagging it for me. Because a, uh, you're charging me for the bags nowadays, and b, if I want to bag it myself, I will go to the self checkout thing over there. So, so you make that you will have a standoff until someone bags your groceries. Yes. And they got bag boys <laughs> running around. That's their job. So come bag oh, my stuff. Now, funny. I will tell you, right before COVID, I got really good at bringing my own bags, you know, because that's the thing in California. And yeah. in my town, they have to charge you if you don't bring your own bags. But then COVID hit, and it became a rule that you could not bring your own bags into the store because they exactly. had on them or whatever. So I totally got out of the habit. And that's, you know, so now, yeah, like I'm being charged for the bag. I'm not in the self-checkout. So, yeah, I'm not jumping back there. And you, you blocking me in for the 20 minutes? Like, am I getting paid for this? No. Well, you know, there have been, been too many times where, and I get sick and tired of having to ask them not to do certain things. Like, don't throw the soap in with my frozen food or don't yeah. throw the soap in with my meat and everything like that. <laughs> and I'm well, just like, you know, that's a I'm good just, point too. I'll jump over there and start helping. But now it's a committee. <laughs> now it's me and someone else looking at this, you know, you know, a uh, conveyor belt full of groceries. Which ones are you grabbing? What's your training? Am I supposed to put the eggs on top <laughs> of the bottom? Training, of training, dude. Yeah, Come well, on. They're what are you guys talking about? What they're uh, trained no. on how, where do you, how much stuff do you put in? What goes on the top, the bottom? Well, oh, well, common sense. No, no, actually, I'll tell you, when, when I started working at the Moolah's Market Basket in Somerville back yeah. when, in 86, they 
you had to sit down and you had to watch three different videos that taught you <laughs> how to bag groceries Ooh, the right way. Dude, now, you don't know. know. I swear they don't. They don't teach them anything anymore. They no. just say, "Okay, we're well, hiring Good. you as a bagger. Good. Go, go, go to it." And that's it. If you don't have instinct of what to put on the bottom and the top and in the same bag. Let Darwin take you out, dude. Why are we training to learn how to bag groceries? Well, because there's a better and a worse way. But also, yeah, exactly. if, you're the bagger, if you're the bagger no. and you're looking at all these groceries, you can start to look, oh, okay, there's the heavy stuff, the light stuff. But if there's two of you, what if I want to go for the melon first and he wants the melon? Like, it's too much. Bag my groceries for me. Let me get out of here. Or well, step aside and I'll do, and I'll do it because I always shop with my sister and then we share the, the cost of the food anyway. So I'll yeah. just like either I'll give her my card or she'll use her card and I'll give her money later on. But I'll go down there and I'll just bag everything. Or sometimes when I used to go shop with my parents, my dad would say we'd come up to the thing and my dad would say, Jason, go bag. And I go up there and I just like get in there right away. Cadillac Jack says go bag, and you just said bag. You go bag, dude. Listen, will you, you, for the show, record your next – I mean, I want the whole unedited trip to the grocery store with you and your sister. Will you send me that audio just for the show? I'll see what I can do. Not sure if that's legal, but, you know. Why is that not legal? You're recording people in a private business without their consent. I don't know. Yeah, and and, and, you're in public, dude. I'm in no, a two, but I'm a two party. Massachusetts is a two party state. I'd have to have permission from everybody on there. No, it's just if it's just my sister and I, then yeah, that's fine. Trust me, I watch a lot of First Amendment audit videos. That's my new thing nowadays. And you can record in public if it's a public building, like a post office, an airport. But you yes. cannot go into a private business and record. If they ask you to stop and leave, you have to. You've gone down that hole. Listen, yeah. Brewski, go record yourself <laughs> at a grocery store, please, for the program. And I just want to hear it. I won't play other people. I want to hear you and your sister, okay? I'll follow right. the Constitution. I'll follow the law. That's you want you want to see me you want to see me standing in the deli department? Yeah, I want to hear how you guys can uh, conduct your business. I want to know how you discuss what you will buy for the fridge. I want to know how you talk to the meat guy. I just want the <laughs> Please. All right. I'm intrigued. See what you can do. Oh. All right. Next thing on the list, and I know we all fantasize about this, and I think I'm pretty proud about it, uh, doing nothing. Men oh, fantasize yeah. about doing nothing. <laughs> just, yeah. I just want to lay around and do nothing. Yeah. 100%. Oh. I, is, is that just a man thing? I mean, I don't. I think Rachel does that, too. Rachel, I don't blame because she works 5,000 hours a week, but I don't know if it's a common woman thing or not, but it's certainly a common man thing. Yeah. It's, it's like Peter Gibbons in Office Space when he says, what would you do with a million dollars? I would do nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. I would sit on my ass and do nothing. Yeah. John Mulaney has a great stand-up bit about how good it feels to do nothing. Just yeah. you know, when you're in your 20s, you want to come into work on Monday and be like, I went to this party and did this thing and that thing. He's like, in my 30s, I show up on Monday morning. I'm like, I did nothing this weekend. Like, what do you mean? I did nothing, and it felt so good. (laughs) Yes. Matt LeBlanc, uh, Joey from Friends, I saw him in an interview recently where someone asked him, like, after Friends, you kind of vanished for a little while there. You did the other show, but then you kind of, you know, vanished. What did you do with all your millions? He said, nothing. It's so fun to do nothing. I get up every day, and I think, what do I have to do today? Oh, yeah, nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Perfect. So, yes. And it does take money, unfortunately, to do nothing. So Yeah. All right. Next thing on the list, men fantasize about saving the world and then taking a nap. 
I like to imagine there's a scenario where I somehow saved the world by napping. <laughs> yeah, that's more on my page too. I I don't yeah. I don't fantasize about saving the world, dude. Do you fantasize about napping? Yes. I, I don't. I nap. I I mean I pull I off it. a nap. You know I I pull off a nap four days out of the week. Really. Yes, I never. <laughs> Come on, dude. So, I, I, I. Even if it's a power nap, I mean, I, I take it. I'm not. I, this is all about Nick at this point. That's fair. I love sleeping at night. I, I look forward to it. I often lay in bed and smile, like I get to sleep. <laughs> just forget the world. Everyone, leave me alone. I'm just gonna sleep. I love it too, dude. I love my sleep, but I'm an early riser. I don't want to sleep the day away, but I want to have a nice sleep. Okay, don't ruin it. Napping is absolutely the best. I used to nap on the job. I've done that before, too. <laughs> I used Bruce to, when, when, when I worked for that expensive jewelry store before I moved to Seattle, we had this box storage room up on the fourth floor that only I had the key to. No one else did. and even had its own bathroom. And I would say, I need to go do a box inventory. And I'd go up there for like an hour and a half, two hours, and I'd just like sack out and nap. Little brewski paradise. Hell uh, yeah. My sister got me a job when I got fired in radio. Uh, you know, I, I work, remember. I was working at a roofing company. Yeah. And, uh, you Stone know, she's way. still, yeah, she still works there. Like this has been her career. Yeah. So she gets me this job there. They have this huge showroom where people come in and it's by everyone that I work with's desk. There's a little door that goes into this closet where all the literature on the different products is. Yeah. I used to go in there and sleep for an hour and a half, two hours at a time. And people Good had no idea where I was. <laughs> and I would, at some point, I'd pop out that door and I'd have a bunch of pamphlets in my hand. <laughs> like, I, like I was just coming back out. I never got caught. I, I slept all the time, dude. You guys are first class awesome. slackers. That's good. Uh, Why do you think we're in radio? <laughs> yeah, we didn't get into this to work. Right? <laughs> exactly. I, I did nap one time at the radio station, but it was like 3 a.m. and I was exhausted. I set an alarm and stacked up a couple of long songs. And, you know, but it wasn't my daily routine, sneak in the back room <laughs> and take a nap. But kudos to yeah. you. So, yeah. Yeah. A little nice and white satin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd stack up American Pie into Hey Jude, like, you know, the, all the long <laughs> songs. So. See, you gave yourself about a little over, almost 17 minutes with right. those two. Exactly. All right. Next thing men fantasize about, but don't want to admit, uh, doing something cool in public. This one guy said, I saved a girl from a, a flying beer can at a concert. The crowd went nuts around me. It was the peak <laughs> of my manhood. I wish something like that could happen every day. Wow. <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. You're that person or you're not. I mean, I've, uh, gained attention in public before, whether it's through my job or the time I, uh, gave Heimlich and saved a life. I don't want to be, I don't get off on it. That's a good question. You know, I don't think about what he's talking about, like, you know, saving some uh, damsel in distress or whatever. But, you know, skiing, I uh, I do I, I do my lay down trick or uh, do a little, you know, something to catch people's attention. Uh, certainly in the band, that was all about being awesome in public. I'd throw the guitar around the back or whatever or do some guitar solo thing in the air. And I'm like, you know, so, right. yeah, there's probably some scenarios where I, uh, I get off on doing something cool in public. I was once at a Danzig show. Danzig and typo negative. And uh, there was this girl who fell down, obviously rolled her ankle and she couldn't get up and she's on the floor and she was right by the pit. And I went over and I went to go pick her up. And all of a sudden this surge of people came at us 
and I kind of shielded her with my body and I just got my back and ribs just like kicked and punched and not not nobody was trying to hurt me or her. It's just everyone's enjoying the show. Did you and like it? No, I was in a lot of pain and she was really <laughs> I walked I walked her I, I carried her back and I I sat her up on the boards. This is a hockey rink that just happened. Yeah. And, I heard her Superman say that. Like I like saving Lois, but man, it threw my back out. Oh, <laughs> it's in a lot of pain. It wasn't yeah. yeah did yeah, you yeah. like the response from the people around you though? No, like did no, you no, get no, off? Nobody, no? No, none of them noticed anything. They were too busy enjoying the show. She noticed it and yeah. gave me a nice hug and everything. If you're going to save somebody, you want people to see it, dude. Come on. You're not the, doing it selflessly. Yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I saw all those people coming straight at her, and she couldn't get up, and I just ran, and I went to grab her to pull her away, and it was too late. They were already there, so I just, like, covered her up with my body, and well, I was that's considerably noble, larger. That's your gut instinct, so that's good. I was considerably larger than her, too, so... I think this is why you and I have uh, remained great partners uh, throughout the years is because it is. It's two different types of people. When we had to go out and do all that live stuff, I'll do it. It doesn't bother me, but I don't get off on it. And you're better at that. Uh, I got into radio to be in a room like I want to be in a room. Right. Alone. Yeah. There are a lot of radio folks that are like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mine may have started just being in a rock band beforehand. I was used to being on stage and loved the, the crowd cheering and all that stuff. But Yeah. yeah. Um, but, no, Brewski, good job on your uh, gut reflexes there. I recently <laughs> got lectured by Nick for my uh, heroic gut reflexes. That Oh, no. Could have gotten me killed, I suppose. But Oh, yeah. Well, that was so stupid, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but I had a chance to be the hero. I was trying. I mean, that's not even hero-worthy, dude. Oh, I'm telling is. you that that's not hero-worthy. Oh, that whole beach would have stood and cheered for me. They were all watching me try to be the hero. So. Okay, Brewski, subjectively, tell me if this is heroic, please. Okay. So we're at the beach. I'm with Dottie and her kids, and one of their floaty toys that they had just bought, this floating turtle thing, uh, the wind took it, and it blew it out into Lake Tahoe. And my gut instinct, I ripped my shirt off, and I jumped in the lake and went swimming after the thing. Back up. Back what? up. What? Uh, were what you, backstory would you need beyond that? Were, were you beyond inebriated? Oh, yeah, but I was awake. So <laughs> was, <laughs> was Lake Tahoe at its coldest temperature of the summer? Uh, well, I mean, Lake Tahoe's always cold, sure, but it was a hot summer day. And, Could you uh, touch? No, absolutely not. I wasn't over my head for sure. Okay, so not only was this not a good decision, Brewski, because it was a you know ten dollar float, you know that they bought at one, you know drugstore, uh, but he could have died over get, going to get this float. Heroic? Nah. Stupid. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, wait, uh, stop, wait, stop tainting the jury. Heroic to Dottie and the kids? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Heroic, heroic to a tiny person who right. doesn't have any life experience, dude. Yeah, sure. But, yes, are but, you, but, but are you saving but, a burning down building with orphans inside? Oh, relative. But wait, but wait a second. <laughs> that, the, most, the most important person in that child's world is Dottie. Yeah. And... And if that child is enamored with Steve because Steve went and swam and got that floaty turtle thing, and that makes Dottie even more enamored with Steve, I'm on I'm on the Steve side on this. Listen, thing. dude, that's not the question. <laughs> Did it get him some poon? Did it get him some lovability? Yes. Was it heroic? 
to those to those kids it was, yes. Brewski, but, shame on you. Brewski's correct. It is heroic to go try to no. save a little kid's toy. Sorry, what is way. the definition of heroic? Harness. No. Okay, here's the definition of heroic. <laughs> sure. Wait, wait. So is Sorry not going to speak? Well, what's going on? No, she's got too many definitions, so I'll read oh, them for okay. you. Okay? Going above and beyond the call of duty is the definition of heroism. Have, having the characteristic of a hero, very brave, uh, uh, or representing heroic behavior early medieval heroic poetry spoke of men that put their life on the line exactly. heroic that's what he, he just did. told he me his, i risked my he life put his life on his line you said right. so dude he didn't know it though brewski he was too drunk to know what he was even doing and no, he didn't get fair. it he didn't I knew get what I was it doing, and I, I didn't get it because i realized that i was taking it too far so yeah, not heroic you swam back in without the floaty on any I, level the, of this story, it's not heroic. The intent was heroic, and I would have been a true hero if I had gotten the thing. But the I intend was. to be rich. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. You know, you intended to be a hero. You weren't. At, at what point did you hear holding off for a hero by Bonnie Tyler? Yeah, that's right as I was ripping the shirt off and jumping in the water. But it would have been better if I had gotten it, which later I did because some kayaker got it and brought it down the beach. But some other hero, some <laughs> other hero grabbed it. Uh, he was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> I was he had a vessel. Right. He had a vessel. Oh. And there were people next to us, like watching me out there. Is he getting? Is he getting? Like so, it was heroic. I put my life on the line. I went above and beyond the call of duty. Did no, you we'll- get applause for what you did? Uh, I don't know if it was standing ovation applause, but I certainly got kudos for it. So. From Dottie and the kids or everyone on the beach? Uh, definitely from Dottie, a little from the kids, and definitely from the guy sitting in the tent next to us who was watching me the whole time, wondering if I was going to kill myself and come back with him. The sun is beating down on the beaches of Tahoe, the water cold, harness inebriated, when suddenly a unicorn floaty escapes in the wind heading out to no man's land and you tear your shirt off wet glistening on my chest as i run towards the waves diving in to save that turtle floaty not a unicorn that's not very ridiculous oh it's a turtle i'm sorry well, turtles are real Unicorns are. yeah of course wait a minute uh, I, need, I, I need to say it. something there steve steve you're at least one quarter ginger aren't you yeah, probably 50-50. Okay, okay, just the fact that you took your shirt off, probably with no sunscreen on, that is heroic <laughs> enough right there, my friend. Yeah. Right there. You're right, Brewski. I think we've I think you've changed my mind. <laughs> you are outvoted, so thank you. Yeah. By the way, can I just be honest with you? I'm playing this uh this Bonnie Tyler holding on for a hero. Yeah. Literally the video of this is a barn burning in the background and a man running into the barn <laughs> to save the horses. Well, that's above and beyond the Call of Duty too. There's a lot of heroic scenarios, Nick. Yeah, I suppose so. This is why I always say firefighters are not heroes for going into a burning building. It is not above and beyond the call of duty. It is literally your duty. So you're not a hero. You've got the training. You got the backup. This is your job. If I run in the burning building, that's heroic. It's not my job. That is so wrong. You always say that. Yes, I've said that several times. It's totally true. You don't think because you get paid to do something, it can still be heroic? No. Mm. No. 
Not by definition. You've chosen that career. You've got the training. You've got the equipment. you got the backup behind you. Like You know how to run into a burning building and is not above and beyond the call of duty. What if, you're a, what if you're a volunteer firefighter? I, I, no. You're still signing up. You still have the training. You still have the equipment. Same with cops. Like, no, it's not above and beyond the call of duty to stop a robbery if you're a cop. That is your duty by definition. But that's not the definition of hero. Well, a lot of people call cops heroes. Right. The definition of a hero is not above and beyond the call of duty. I think it is. And I just read them to you. Like, are you, you, yeah, no, it it has to be above and beyond the call of duty. Otherwise, why is it heroic? All right. Well, Steve thinks cops and firefighters aren't heroes. I do. You're good people. You have a noble job. You're doing a great thing. But are you a hero? Then is every firefighter on day one after the academy, are they heroes? Is the cop back, you know, entering data at the No, anyone who has risked their life is a hero. But that's their job. Doesn't matter. Anyone who, somebody may have the so nuts to do it. Every firefighter who's fought a fire is just a hero. If they've saved a life and they put theirs at risk, sure. Oh, they have to save a life, though. How do you divide that up at the station house? Yeah. You have to haul yeah. them out over your shoulder, then you're a hero? No, if you uh, are going into a home, a burning building, going into a home, and you save lives, or even if you try to save lives and you don't succeed, you're still heroic for that. (laughs) It's not saving a floaty, dude. Come on. It's not saving a floaty. We're talking about very different things. Do you think I'm a hero because I gave that lady the Heimlich maneuver? Yes. And saved her life? Yes, that is heroic. That, that, I think that's very much heroic. Yeah, I thanks, think so. guys. But if my dad stands <laughs> up, who is a doctor, or if Dottie, who is a nurse, is that heroic? You're, that's your job. You've been trained for it. You know how to do it. It's what you're expected to do. You took an oath to do that, the Hippocratic Oath. You will mm. always do no harm. You'll always step in and try to do the right thing. So I think no. technically you're right, but I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> and that's and why I like saying this little thing, because it upsets people, <laughs> even though you know I'm right when you really Technically, Right. right. Yeah. Well, is it an act of heroism if you're out with a buddy and you keep the ugly friend busy while your friend is working on the hot one? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, short answer is yes, but if you've been trained for it, then no. It depends. If I think it depends star. if you get a boner or not. <laughs> if you don't get a boner and you still keep them busy, I think you're a hero. If you get a boner, heroes out the window. Because mm. you, you might get a handy out of it later on for the yeah. ugly one. Yeah. Well, hero should be rewarded. So, well, yeah. All right, hero harness. What else is on the list? All right, on a similar topic, combat scenarios. You know, men always fantasize about being uh, Bruce Willis, being able to save the shopping mall or whatever it is, full of people, yeah. thwart the robbery, stop the whatever it is. So, so what's wrong with our country, dude? We got we got a handful of them out there wanting to put on these uh, uniforms. You buy a big five and take control. Big five. Well, yeah, I, I have made that point that, you know, our gun culture is based on basically Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, where everyone feels that if they have the biggest gun, they can be the hero and save the day. And Well, but, who was um, Kyle Rittenhouse, Rittenberg? Remember that kid? Rittenhouse, who, yeah. Yeah, Rittenhouse. Yeah. It's, it's a classic example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, are these the people that want to be? Yeah. Yes. Well, his, and also his mother was a badge bunny anyway. He was inundated with all that yeah. you know gun culture and because she's always trying to find that next cop for her to get that's why he 
develop that complex. Mine, if we're going old school movies, is more Jean Claude Van Damme or something. Like oh, I would be able sport. to, you know, use my martial arts skills to uh, study, save the day. Not double impact. Not That's easy, right? Yeah, I don't fantasize about that. I don't. See, Facebook shows me a few types of videos: dirt bike videos, comic book videos, these First Amendment audits that I'm hooked on, and bully videos. Ah. Mm. Facebook has figured me out where someone's getting picked on, and it's just the average Joe citizen that walks over there and karate chops the hell out of the bully. And <laughs> the day. Like, you love that. I do. We love to see the bully go down. I think that's pretty universal for most people, unless you're the bully, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. There's a couple of more on here that are comically masculine crap, like building a log cabin is on the list. Befriending <laughs> a wild animal is on the list. <laughs> but uh, there's two I want to end with. One back to the hugging thing. Uh, men fantasize about cuddling, but they don't want to admit that they want to be able to cuddle with their person. Ooh, I don't know. I'm a big cuddler. I, I didn't have it in my marriage. And uh, a woman I was uh, dating post-divorce told me, I said something to her like, I, I like to cuddle. And she was like, mm, you don't like it. You crave it. Like, there's something in you that was deprived. What's your definition of cuddling? Like, tell me the scenario, your perfect cuddle session. Either on the couch, you know, uh, arm in arm, uh, my arm around her, or in bed spooning or something like that. Like, just, you know, holding each other. But Human contact. Yeah, but, you know, while you're watching a movie or something, uh, you know. Okay. Does Dottie like it? Yeah. No, we're pretty good cuddlers, I would say. When you're driving together in the car, do you hold hands while you're driving? I do, and I'm also always the one to initiate that. All right. Uh, when you're driving in the car, I, uh, you know, maybe I'll have a quick one with you. I don't. I I got stuff to do. I'm doing things here. I don't want to hold your hand in the car. Well, if it's not a busy long. like city environment, probably not. But if you're just cruising down the open road, yeah, I definitely put my hand over there. I I don't mind cuddling. Uh, I'm not one of those guys who can spoon and we fall asleep like that and we oh, wake no. up like that. I'm not that person. I don't want to fall asleep that way. My philosophy is you cuddle until you're ready to go to bed. Then everyone go to your separate corners and get comfortable. And, oh, they well, God go, and yeah. I often do fall asleep holding hands. So there's that. But it's not quite cuddling, you know. But we usually have some level of touching or I'll have my hand on her hip or something like that. You know? Then you dip. Exactly. Didn't we work with somebody in Seattle who actually went to a cuddle party and he talked about it on the air? Yeah. And there are. That's what I was going to say. You know, we talked about it on the show before, too. There's cuddle parties you can go to, and there's just like a masseuse now. Uh, you, you can go cuddle with somebody for an hour for the people who crave that closeness with somebody sure. and don't have somebody. So I have heard interviews on random media outlets with uh, prostitutes that talk about that some men go into brothels, and that's what they pay for. Just, just want to cuddle. cuddle. I just want to cuddle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's easy money for those women. No, wait, no, just cuddle. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, nice. <laughs> you a cuddler, Brewski? I can be, um, but you don't crave it grudgingly, or yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I, I can be, but don't don't ask me to cuddle you after. I won't. After we've been physical, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm hot oh. and sweaty. You're hot and sweaty. We're, we're sticking together. It's just like 
I, I need time to cool down, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. I get it. That yeah. can be fair. That's you know? a good question, too, the, the post-sex uh, rituals. I have had some women that just hop up immediately and want to go shower or towel off. Others don't want to lay and cuddle. Others that just I, – I tend to sort of lay there for a few minutes trying to enjoy the uh, the post-glow and let Euphoria. my down. I don't necessarily want to cuddle because, like Brewski said, you're usually pretty hot at that point. But, yeah. but you know, let's both lay in bed for a few minutes and enjoy the moment. Mm. No. Nicholas, what do you mean? Uh, no. I mean, I'm, what are you talking about? A couple, two minutes. I want to get up and clean up and I want to smoke a cigarette and then I'll come, you know, come back and, uh, we can hang, and then we'll hang out. I got things to do right afterwards. So. Yeah, I, I usually, I usually want a sandwich. Almost, I want to get cleaned up real quick and then make a sandwich. That's I what I'm saying. I I'm know, I get it, dude. I want something to drink. I want something, you know, a little refresher. I want to stretch my legs. Like you know, yeah, I got things yeah. to do. And I always say, hey, how about I get you something to drink? <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you, you seem good. like you're really hot. Why don't I get you a water? Meanwhile, while I'm getting her water, I'm making myself a sandwich and everything. And- Luckily, Rachel and I are compatible on it. I mean, uh, like I said, we'll we'll meet back up. Hey, meet you in five. We'll be back. You know, we can yeah. lay around and talk and you know stuff. Two and two. You guys fist bump and then we'll see you back in five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go team. Good game, right. coach. All right, the last one I'm gonna throw on here, and this is an interesting one. Men fantasize about soundproof bathrooms. Oh. So they can dump and or sing in privacy and not have anyone hear what's going on in that bathroom. Hmm. Not I. I was gonna but. say the the Reynolds house we've discussed, the doors are open, it's a buffet in there, I guess, like people just coming and going. Not and, and maybe I give you the wrong impression. Not always, but it's not uh I, you know, the doors aren't always closed. No, I mean, it's, it's, you know, maybe you uh, once a month I'll walk by and I'll see somebody in the bathroom and it'll be Rachel. She'll be going pee. And I keep walking and I don't think anything of it, you know? Okay. Well, are you ever in the bathroom thinking like, like I have this issue? Not singing. No. That, but just, I'll turn the faucet on to cover up noises and stuff. Like We've been married far too long for that, <laughs> in my opinion. I mean, maybe in the beginning, uh, you know, I didn't want her to know that, oh, yeah, I look like this and I poo, <laughs> you, know, you know, so. But, yeah, I know. I know everything about her. She knows everything about me. There are no, there's, why Why do I hide it? Hmm? It's fair. I used to, you to get, in the bathroom? Are you quiet? What are you at? I used to get weird about the bathroom at work. Sure. Like, like whenever I worked in different offices, I would, I, when I first started in a, a building, I'd check out the bathroom situation on every floor other than the floors where I worked on to see if right. there was a bathroom that was not used that often. Because if I got to go number two, I want to find a place that's nice and quiet. Because uh, sometimes people are coming in and I don't want to be that person that's like unloading. And then people are coming in the bathroom and right. go to some everything. other department. Let them. That's more yeah. common, I think. You know, we're trying yeah. to be quiet around strangers. You know, yeah. That but talk here at in home, the lunchroom, I have my own bathroom. My sister has her own bathroom. The only thing that one of our cats, in particular, uh, Sal, he likes to come in the bathroom while I'm on the toilet at all yeah. times. Yes, I'm so does Austin. Thing, yes. dude. I hear you. He wants to bunt me while I'm on the toilet going poo. And I'm just like, dude, please leave me in peace. You know, they realize you're sitting there and you're vulnerable. Like, get at me while you're sitting there. Come on. You I ever think- hear your sister squeezing one out? I mean, uh, or does she hear you? Above mine. If I hear her walking into the bathroom, 
Yeah. I immediately wrap up exactly what, what I'm doing as fast as I can to get out of the bathroom. <laughs> you do? That's funny. I, I don't want to be in there and hear it. All right. That's I fair. I dude. I'll, I'll interrupt what I'm doing, and, and I'll go in my room for a few minutes. And then when I come back, and if I can hear that the toilet flushed, I know the coast is clear, and I'll go back, and I'll finish up what I was doing. That's All right. Funny. Yeah. So maybe you're, yeah, I don't know. You fantasize yeah, just, not about for your noises, but you wish you can hear the outside noises. Oh, yeah. Just keep it quiet. Yeah. Interesting. You haven't seen Dottie P yet? No. God. Listen, oh. especially, especially <laughs> after sex, like you guys don't go into that bathroom and she pees right away to, for her health of her GTI. Sure. And let me know when you're done and I'll go in there too. Mm. Or more commonly, like you take that bathroom, I'll take this bathroom. I'll meet you back here later. Like, Ask you know, her if that's her preference, dude. It Do seems you, to be. She closes yeah, the it, door. She doesn't leave it open. She's doing it for you. I, I have a we feeling do. about this, dude. Hmm. She's, yeah. She doesn't care. She's doing it for you. I'll have to inquire. I still farted in front of her, by the way. You haven't? Come on. Oh, we're coming up on seven months here. That's oh, let it, I, go. Just let it go. Let it go. It's the last lock, threshold. You, you got you to do it in the car and lock the windows. I know that's your philosophy. I don't think that's a very good one. <laughs> I don't follow. think that's a good one to follow. I think it's funny, but I don't think it's one to follow. Uh, it's a bonding moment. This do woman must assume up? I have no gas. Like she's no, she knows, dude. Come she on. Knows. She knows you're rolling outside to just light her neighborhood up. <laughs> I wonder in my sleep. I got to be letting some fly. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, dude, that's funny, man. You know, give, her, give her a little uh, buttercup. <laughs> you know, your first one should be a buttercup. I think that's polite. Yeah, just cup your fart and then you know put it on her. Throw it in her face. Put it on what? her nose. Yeah. The two of you. Be honest. Do you ruin a bathroom frequently? I make yeah. a lot of noise, but I don't leave a lot of damage behind. Ooh. What do you mean? Grunting or farts? No, like I just you know, farts and all that stuff. Like I'm very gassy, but it doesn't smell. Same so you've like spent weekends with Dottie. You've never pooped? Yeah. I mean, I go to some other bathroom and do it, and that's that. I don't stink up the bathroom, really. How many, how many bathrooms did the, does she have? She has two. I have two. So okay. we've been able to divide up pretty easily. You know, you but you're loud. To... <laughs> you're loud. Do you think she's going to hear you? on the other you? side of the house. And I'll tell you a little <laughs> secret. Now, now she's going to hear. I know I do this. But like when we get up in the morning, we nine times out of ten fool around. And then she'll be like, I'm going to go take a shower or something. And I know she's probably taking a dump in there, but as soon as she closes that bathroom door, I bolt to the other bathroom so that I can do what I got to do and then get back to the bedroom. Just me magically thinking she doesn't know I'm gone or doesn't think I ever do anything. Like that. She comes out, it you're laying, looking sexy, just waiting right. for you, baby. Yeah. You have no idea what I just did down the hall. And I've been baking fun. brownies and leaving them out. Out of sight, out of mind. Ugh, that's funny, dude. Just <laughs> fart in front of her already. Yes, Get I think so. Me. Yeah, one of these days. I'll let you it's know. your last love test. It is. It is. Makes sense yeah. a bad one, too, because if she can stand a bad one. <laughs> no, I don't want her to think the first one. Like, that's setting the bar. Yeah, I that's what he's, average. He, he wants her to be stuck before he lets her know how, you know, oh, how, how, how rancid he could actually be on a bad yes. day. Yes. Exactly. So there you go. Welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that freaks me out, man. That guy molested me in another life or something. I don't know what's going on here, but I don't like that. Grandpa Harness was a clown, right? Or Uncle Harness? Great Uncle Harness. He's being a clown. I, I was respectful. Nick hated when I was texting him clown emojis, so I stopped.
I Maybe like because that. he was threatening me with weird pictures of Brewski and lingerie or something. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> every time I, mean, I send him the clown Nick. emoji, he'd send me a picture of you back. The one on his bed where you were doing the Costanza. You know, oh, that one? Huge <laughs> one. It's the greatest picture, dude. I'd be like, fine. Okay, tit for tat. I get it. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I'm tapping out. <laughs> oh, dude. That shows up on my picture frame, my digital picture frame. You know, oh, I have geez. the rotating picture frame. Uh, yeah, it'll pop up every once in a while. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. See us on our webpage, thevocalminority.net. Yes. And find our socials, including our brand new thread. And we say bye-bye. Test one, two, test one, two. Stop.